Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Well, I want to um, greet every one of you this morning in the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you for taking the time and coming out on a Saturday morning on a long weekend. I want to especially acknowledge Apostle Jim and Pastor Pat, who are here with us this morning. Pastor Gabriel, who kindly has welcomed us, welcomed me and my uh, ministry partners uh, to uh, hold this seminar here this morning. Thank you, Pastor Gabriel. I also want to acknowledge Mike and Gail, who are the videographers. Is that what you call them? Videographers, who has offered his services. He asked me, what do I think? Would I need him? And I said, well, if you're volunteering, we'll gladly have you. So thank you, Mike and Gail, who um, have come out here on a Saturday morning to be of service and to minister to us through your gift. Now, what I want to talk to you about this morning, I want to do three sessions and hopefully we will be true to our word and we will finish by 12 o'clock. We will have a mini break after the first session, a little bit longer of a break after the session and then we will have the final session. When um, I was getting ready to come, I had um, a telephone conversation with Marion. And she said to me, aren't you going to hold a seminar or some kind of a workshop while you're here, as you usually do? I said, I haven't thought about that. I don't think so. She said, well, I think you should. Uh, She said, well, when you hear people always love to come and hear you teach, and I think you should. So I said, okay, I will. And then I gave her two choices. I said to her, I asked her, what would you have me teach on? The ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, or would you have me teach on spiritual alignment according to biblical principles. Uh, I said, I'd rather teach that. And she said, no, you teach on on the Holy Spirit. So here we are this morning. And the um, seminar or the sessions are entitled The Ministry of the Holy Spirit in the Life of the Believer. And I trust when you come to meetings such as these, you bring your Bibles with you, your notebooks, and your pens, because you cannot retain everything that will be taught here this morning. But before we do, I also want to introduce to you my son Stephen, who is here on his first ministry trip. Stephen, please stand up. He is my biological son, but also my spiritual son. 
And um, in the month of May, we, the elders and the apostolic oversight of our ministry, laid hands on him and commissioned him into the work of the Lord, into the work which the Lord had called him to do. Uh, that was in the month of May. So this has been a highlight, not only of my ministry, but also of my life's journey with the Lord. Let me say this to you before we begin. God always keeps the best for last. God always keeps the best and the finest blessings for last. You know why? Anyone knows why does the Lord do that? Yes, sir. So he can show himself full in them that his glory. Yes. He will be glorified in the end. But that's not the answer I'm looking for. It's true. God watches our faithfulness. It's not how we begin a race, it's how we finish it that counts. As we walk with the Lord in a steady, consistent, faithful walk, the blessings of the Lord continue to increase and increase and abound. God rewards faithfulness. Remember that. If you're taking notes, write that down. God rewards richly and abundantly the faithful disciple. The consistent one. Not those who are in today, out tomorrow, hot today, and cold tomorrow. Consistently, faithfully obeying the call of God or the will of God in their lives. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful privilege that you are giving us this morning to sit at your feet, Lord, and study your word. Your word is life. You said in your word that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We thank you that it is the word that you sent and healed us and delivered us from our destructions. So we want to honor you and thank you this morning for the privilege of having your word given to us in such a wonderful way. Thank you, Lord. And I pray today that you will give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a receptive heart that will embrace truth and be challenged and changed by it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for liberty. Thank you for freedom in the Holy Spirit, both with the speaker as well as with the listener. And Lord, I also pray for those who will watch live this broadcast, these messages this morning, that you would bless them, that you would bless everyone within the sound of my voice and enrich our knowledge concerning the person of the Holy Spirit. We ask this in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it. Amen. amen. And amen. One of the things that I strongly believe that as born-again believers need desperately in our walk of faith is for the written Word of God to come alive 
in our spirits by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The letter of the law must become spirit and life to us and in us. Jesus is alive today. He lives within us. How does he do that? By the word and by his spirit. Now, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The book, the Bible that we hold often in our hands, that we read and we often study, must become alive in us by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's how the Lord speaks to us, guides us, leads us, teaches us, as the anointing of the Spirit brings the written word to life in us and through us. Amen? Now, we need to be taught again and again how to recognize, how to honor, acknowledge, and obey the anointing of the Holy Spirit within us, for He is the one who makes the word life and light. He is the one who will guide us into all truth. Jesus said, my word is truth. The Bible that you're holding is not a book about somebody. It is somebody. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now the one who makes the written Word alive and speaking and working in us is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now Father God, in His grace and mercy, has given us the written Word of God. The Greek words for the word, one is logos, which is the written word, and the other one is rima, the living word, the now word of God. Now, God has given us the Bible, the written word, for what purpose? In order to unveil and reveal the living word, which is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you say amen to that? Now, the one who takes the word of God, the Logos, and applies it to our situation and to our hearts, whatever our need is at the time, and breathes life into that written word and unveils the word is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Without him, the Bible would be a closed book to all of us. I know I've read the Bible before I was born again. I put it down because I couldn't see through it. I couldn't understand. I thought it was a major contradiction. But when I was born again and baptized in the Holy Spirit, that book became alive. The book began to talk to me. The book began to encourage me and comfort me and guide me and lead me into the paths of righteousness. And it's wonderful when that book comes alive in you. Amen? Amen. 
and you become the Word made flesh. Amen. Now, no one can handle the Word of God, the written Word of God, without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. If they do that, they will minister death instead of life. The Word of God tells us that the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So we cannot, none of us can handle the Word of God, the written Word of God, without the leading or the anointing or the revelation of the Spirit, or else, instead of giving life to people, we will minister death to them. Now, that's why 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 in the New King James says the following, Who also made us, that is, ministers of the gospel, Ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Do you see that? So, the knowledge of the Word that we have must be equal to the knowledge of the Spirit that we have. The knowledge of the Word of God we have must be equal with the knowledge of the Holy Spirit we have. We must know the Word, but we must also know the author of the Word of God. If you don't know the author, you cannot interpret the Word. If you don't know the author of the Word, you cannot use the Word the way He wants us to use the Word. So you see the importance of the anointing or the person of the Holy Spirit within us. The Word and the Spirit are inseparable. We cannot separate them. Now, some know the Word, but not the Spirit. They can quote scriptures with chapter and verses pretending to be spiritual. But, in reality, they are void of the Spirit. I believe that such folks are very dangerous. They quote scriptures out of context, and they can kill you, spiritually speaking. You come away from the presence, and um, you feel condemned. (laughs) You feel inadequate many times. You feel fearful. You feel unworthy and many times unspiritual because they talk as they know so much of the Word. But when you leave the presence, you're not edified, you're not encouraged, you're not ministered to. You, you feel condemned because they use the Word without the Spirit. You feel unworthy, unspiritual. Oh, I'm not as spiritual as he is. Those kind of feelings come as a result of people who use and minister the Word without the leading or the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Word ministered to us by the Spirit will always, even if it's a little bit of a, of a heavy word to deliver, you will always walk away edified. You will always walk away built up, encouraged, and comforted. Because that is who God is. He never condemns us. He never makes us feel unworthy or inadequate. He always encourages us, lifts us up. And even when He corrects us, He does it in such a loving way that we receive it with joy in our hearts. Amen. Amen. 
Because we know that these words come from a heart of a loving father who cares for his children. Now, on the other side, others boast that they know and follow the Spirit, but in reality they have no knowledge of the Word. Now, these are deceived, and the result is they lead others, many others, into deception. We both need, we need both the Word and the Spirit. Someone said once that too much Word without the Spirit, we dry up. And too much spirit without the word, we blow up. (laughs) But having the word and the spirit together, we grow up. (laughs) Yeah, that's a wonderful quote, isn't it? So remember that. Too much studying the word without the spirit, it'll puff you up, dry you up. Too much spirit without the word, you will blow up. You know, there are, some, there are some folks that always live up there somewhere. <laughs> they are so heavenly minded, they are of no earthly use whatsoever. Need to come down to reality. Usually prophetic people tend to go that way. And <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need the balance. Amen? That's why we need both the Word and the Spirit. Now the Spirit was given to the believer... For the purpose of leading us and guiding us, as Jesus said, into all truth. God's word is truth. But we need the guidance of the Spirit and the revelation of the Spirit to guide us into the truth that we need at that particular time. Amen? Now, I've heard people, they insisted that the Spirit told them to do certain things, or the Spirit led them to do certain things, which are not in agreement with His written Word. And they they so eloquently speaking, if I can put it that way, that, that almost convince you that it is the Lord who led them this way, or the Lord who guided them to do certain things. But when you examine what they say and the leading they received with the written Word of God, it's just not in agreement. And we need to be careful of that. Violating foundational principles in the Word of God and insisting we are led by the Spirit, this is deception in the highest form. And it's dangerous. Ephesians 6.17 calls the Word of God the sword of the Spirit. Amen. Are you with me so far? Now, let's examine what the Scripture says concerning the anointing within. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, the New King James Version says it this way, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. He's talking to believers now. The, new, the uh, King James says it this way, But you have an unction from the Holy One. The New King James Version calls it an anointing. And in 1 John 2.27, from the New King James Version, we read the following. But the anointing which you have received from Him, 
that's from the Lord, abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. Now, what I want to uh, look at is the word, the Greek word for anointing is the word chrisma. From, we, from where we get the word Christ, Christos. The word Christ is not Jesus' last name. What it, Jesus, the anointed one. That's what it means. Because Christos is the anointed one. Christ is the anointed one. So... What John is revealing to us in the above verses of Scripture is that the Anointed One, which is Christ, and His anointing remains and abides within the born-again believer. We need to know that. We need to believe that. And we need to acknowledge that daily. As a result, John says, of His indwelling presence, we know all things. Notice the word all things. Is that possible? You know, if you depend on your mind or your logic, you will confess, I don't know many things. And it's true. Your spirit is far more knowledgeable and far more educated than your mind is. Because the Holy Spirit dwells within your spirit, not within your mind. Now your mind may be ignorant concerning a lot of things, but your spirit is full of knowledge. Your spirit is full of the wisdom of God. It is full of the spiritual understanding. It is full of the mind of Christ. The secret is to be able to get it from the spirit to the mind so that we can put it into good use. And this is where speaking in other tongues and praying in other tongues helps many times and brings up revelation knowledge to our minds and renews our mind. Now, John says, as a result of the anointing that remains and abides within us, we know all things and we are led into all truth. Now, you have to receive that by faith. You cannot receive this with your natural understanding. You're going to have to acknowledge and confess and believe that I know, I know what needs to be done here. How often you face a situation and you're saying, man, I just don't know what to do in this situation. Never confess that. No. Don't, don't let those words come out of your mouth. Because actually they're not the truth. It's a lie. You do know. Why do I say you do know? Because the anointing lives within, and John says, by the anointing you know all things. So how can I confess, I don't know what to do in this situation? Or oftentimes, because we are so overwhelmed and perplexed in our minds and our emotions, words come out of our mouth like, I am so confused. God is not the author of confusion. The more you declare and confess that you are confused, the more confused you will be. 
the more you confess and declare the truth of the Word of God, the more enlightened and knowledgeable you will become. The Word of God says that Jesus is made unto us wisdom. He is our wisdom. We have the wisdom of God within us. So you cannot confess, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do know. Your mind may not know at that time, but your spirit knows. So you say, my spirit knows what to do and how to go about doing it. Therefore, I continue to declare and confess that I do know. As you walk with that faith's confession, all of a sudden, maybe in an hour, maybe in a day, maybe in two days, knowledge will begin to flood your mind because you have spoken words of life that come out of your spirit man into your mind and enlightens your mind and you know exactly what you're going to do you know exactly what to say you know exactly how to do it and as you practice and as you put that word into action the problem is solved your confusion disappears and your path becomes clear. God's word says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. So speak the word. Don't speak confusion and don't speak ignorance. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, Paul writing to the church in Colossae says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now let's translate that a little bit. Which is the anointed and His anointing within you, which is our hope of glory. Paul says that this mystery was hidden from ages from generations past, but is now revealed, made known to us, the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Every believer who is born again by the Spirit of God has the capacity and the ability to be personally taught by the Anointed One and His anointing within. And God wants all of His children to be taught by His Spirit. All of your children, Isaiah says, shall be taught by the Lord. It amazes me how many believers are not able to receive teaching from the Word through the Spirit. They are untaught. They don't know how to be taught directly by the Spirit within. All they can do is receive teaching via a human vehicle. Now, I'm not saying that when I stand up here and teach, it is not the Spirit who teaches you. It is the Spirit who opens up your mind and helps you understand and digest what I'm communicating by the anointing of the Spirit. But there are times when there's no one around. How are you going to be taught? How are you going to be comforted? How are you going to be led? How are you going to be guided? If every time you need something, you run to some man to teach you or to tell you what to do. That's slavery. That's bondage. There's no liberty. As many as are led or taught by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So God wants every one of His children, even if you've been born again for a week, 
God desires that you are taught directly by the Word and by His Spirit. Amen. I've had that experience from a very young age in the Lord. I could hear the Lord. I could receive teaching. I would study the Word and I would read and the anointing would highlight certain promises that were directly related to my situation. I've underlined them. I've highlighted them. I've quoted them. I've written them on a piece of paper. Carried them with me. And the Word began to speak and teach me, and encourage me, and guide me, and lead me throughout the faith walk, the life's journey. And you know, the Christian walk is not an easy walk. It's full of challenges, it's full of obstacles, it's full of opposition at times, and suffering most times. We cannot, we cannot live the way God wants us to live without the anointing, and the personal ministry of the Holy Spirit as He uses the Word. In my own personal journey with the Lord, over a 41 years of walk with God, this month of August will be exactly 41 years, the anointing of the Holy Spirit within and His ministry in my life has been invaluable and beyond words to describe. Because many times I stood alone. There was no one around. Especially in the beginning of my ministry when I went to my country fellowmen, the Greek people in, in the town that we lived. And, um, and not, not many believed. Some of them believed. But as a result of that, a major persecution rose. And I looked to my right, no one was standing. They all fell. And I looked to my left, no one was standing. They all fell except my family. And I thank God for the ministry of the Word and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The written Word of God became alive in me, imparting wisdom, imparting knowledge, many times strength, comfort, understanding, when I needed it the most. Because there was no human. I mean, when my pastor laid hands and commissioned me, I went. And I've been going ever since. <laughs> and sometimes he wasn't there. You know, what do you do? Who do you talk to? You talk to the Lord. You learn to go to the Word. You learn to go to prayer, to shut the door, as Jesus said, and they pray to your Father who is in secret. And I tell you, if every believer would do that, we would see growth. We would see maturity in the body of Christ. But most believers do not do that. They have not disciplined themselves to regularly study, meditate, read the Word of God in the light of the Holy Spirit. And as a result, we have churches that are filled with infants, toddlers. Me and mine and me and me. What about me? What about me? And I've got this problem and I've got that problem. Please pray for me about this and this. On and on. There comes a time where we must grow up and forget about me and embrace, embrace what God has called us to embrace and become an influence, an influence in our sphere of influence. I'm talking about godly influence, Christian influence. The two things 
These two things, prayer and the ministry of the word, ministered by the anointing of the Spirit within, has been the, my secret, my own secret of not giving up, not giving in, not turning back, but continuing on this journey of faith in an ever stronger capacity of courage and obedience to the truth and faith. These two things. My prayer life and the ministry of the word as was ministered to me throughout the years by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And he will do the same for you. Take time to be with the word. Because Jesus is the word of God. The same affection, the same hunger, the same respect you have for the written word of God is the same respect and affection and love you have for Jesus himself. If you don't have time for the word, you don't have time for Jesus. Stop lying to yourself. Amen? Prayer and the ministry of the word given to us by the anointing of the Spirit. Now, in conclusion, I have a few minutes that I want to conclude the first session. Jesus spoke of the Spirit before His death. And what we need to understand is that when Jesus went to be with the Father, He didn't just leave us a book. Amen? To study and learn about Him. A dry book. But He sent the anointing of the Spirit to live and abide within us forever. Jesus said, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Notice what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. The world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Only a believer can. Amen? The world can receive salvation by accepting Jesus, by repenting of the sins and accepting Jesus as the Lord and Savior. But they cannot receive the Holy Spirit, not unless they're born of the Spirit. The fullness of the Spirit belongs to those who are born of the Spirit, born of God. The world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now we have something far better than what the disciples had many years ago. The disciples did not understand when Jesus told them, uh, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you another comforter. And if I go away, it is expedient for you. It is far better. Lord, is that better? How is that possible? I mean, I have, we have you with us. You eat with us. You, you lead us. You teach us every day. You, you, you step into our problems. You solve them. You, how, we can touch you. We can feel you. We can see you. How can you have something far better than that? Well, they couldn't understand that Jesus, what Jesus was saying, but of course later they understood that. You see, the disciples walked by sight for three and a half years. 
They, look, they, they, they could see the Lord. They could go to Him any time. But after that, when Jesus went to be with the Father and He was glorified, He sent the Holy Spirit, He was no longer beside them. He was in them. They, they could see the Lord. They could go to Him any time. But after that, when Jesus went to be with the Father and He was glorified, He sent the Holy Spirit, He was no longer beside them. He was in them. Now they have to walk by faith because they have to discern his leading, his moving, his person living on the inside of them, no longer on the outside. And you know, so many believers still today look on the outside. Give me a fleece, Lord, show me a sign. Oh, speak to me. And they're trying to listen to the Lord with the physical ears as though the Lord is going to thunder from heaven. Now, he can do that, but he does not communicate that way. God is a spirit and he communicates spirit to spirit. Amen. So stop looking on the outside and start looking on the inside. Anna said to me this morning, the Lord told her, heaven lives within you. So stop looking up, look within. <laughs> heaven is in me. <laughs> Amen. We have, we have a little bit of heaven. Amen. Living within us. The down payment, the Bible says. So start looking within and start listening to your spirit within. We must become spirit conscious rather than mind conscience or body conscience. Some people are very emotional conscience or body conscience or mind. They're such intellects. But God is not a mind and God is not a body. God is a spirit. And His spirit lives within your spirit. And He does not shout. He does not scream. He does not push. He gently whispers. You know, you've, you've, you've heard the still, small voice. Elijah learned that lesson. He says there was a fire, there was a wind, there was a storm, but God was not in the fire, God was not in the storm. But God was in the still, small voice. Elijah, what are you doing here? So, stop trying to listen through these ears or through your physical body because you will never get to communicate God that way. Start listening to that inner voice. Your conscience that's been cleansed by the blood of Jesus is a sure guide. The still small voice within you that tells you when you do right and tells you when you do wrong. It's your spirit speaking to you. And God desires to lead and guide all of his children, not through prophetic utterance, but through the witness of his spirit. Someone comes to you, a guest speaker, someone you don't know, lays hands on you and start prophesying great and wonderful things, shelve it. Don't act on it unless you have a witness. Unless your oversight, spiritual authority and oversight confirm those where I've seen so much hurt derive from such prophetic utterances. People marrying people out of God's will. 
people selling things or people giving things to other people because they have been prophesied over. That is not how the Lord leads His people. So we need to be careful. Amen? Amen. I think we've come to the end of our first session. And we're going to have right now just a mini break, about five minutes, and we're going to come back. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.